Hey, you're listening to Drawing the Line. I'm Roman McCutcheon. And I'm Brad Reeves. Today, we're going to talk about sin. So it's going to be all about Roman today. (laughs) All right, well, let's get started. (laughs) Episode nine, we took a little bit of a hiatus, and by we, I mean I took a little bit of a hiatus. Um, I don't know. I had one of those. It was like, well, one week a friend came in town. The week before, it was just like, man, I don't know. My mindset wasn't there. You weren't ready to talk about sin. You know, I mean, sin is a lot. I mean, mainly because I do it a lot. So, like, I, I don't know. It was. Maybe there's some insecurity and vulnerability going into this episode, um, but it just—I don't know. I was we'll get ha- into that. We're gonna get into that. I, I, that perspective is interesting. Yeah, and and so well, there we go. I mean, that's what the episode is about. We're getting into sin and getting into, um, I mean, a lot about it. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying that this is gonna be a two-parter by any means, but if it goes there, it goes there. Right. Um, but uh, sin is such an interesting animal, I think, because. One, I mean, you can't get around the fact that there's ne- there's there's negative connotation behind it, and a lot of the times I think it's just taken it's just taken as a as a matter of fact, like that's sin. We're moving on. Don't do that. Um, and there there for some people there's a lot of questions. For others, it's pretty cut and dry, pretty black and white. And um, I'd like to think I'm somewhere in the middle of all of that, but. I think that's what everybody wants to think about that. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I think um, what I'm going to try to do today, particularly on the topic of sin, is I want to try to translate slash uh, provide a, a perspective of sin, maybe from like an outsider. Because I think there is this sort of insider insider church way we refer to sin and deal with sin and there's a lot of sort of understoods about what sin is and what it means and i and then i think there's a way that either two groups of people one people who sort of grew up in church and are like you know get me away from this yeah and then there's other people who just have never been uh you know really wrapped up in formal religious settings and church settings where so anyway those two groups i think have a very particular reaction to sin and i quite frankly have a particular reaction to sin i think we'll probably get into that maybe how what what that means to each of us what that word means to each of us but i want to try to come from a perspective that for those of you listening who um you know, go to church each week and hear the preacher talk about sin. Um, but if this is a topic that maybe you'd want to share with somebody else about, then I'm going to try to be a voice that you could like send this podcast to somebody else who doesn't do church speak and doesn't mm-hmm. uh, understand sort of exactly what, <laughs> know exactly what we mean when we say sin. That's where I'm trying to, when I was thinking about this, I was like, oh, okay, I want to try to be like a translator yeah. um, in terms of how, because I, I think sin is some definitely some shortcut language that is used in the church. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, we're going to say this, and then everybody, of course, knows what we mean. Right. But I don't think it works real well when we then start trying to use it outside the church or we start using it at people. Well, yeah. It, it doesn't it doesn't work the same well and it it's like if you're not like a churchgoer or you're not someone who I don't know adheres to the the word or however you want to put that right um, it, it would be weird to say that's sin or something is sin it would be like hey that's not the right thing to do hey stop that's bad um, and so like for instance, uh, if I'm out hanging with a group of friends and, you know, one of them does something that's pretty stupid that they're not supposed to do, we'll just say, get drunk. All right. We're just going to go with the fact that somebody got drunk. Okay. And um, they were just doing some dumb things. I wouldn't be like, hey, man, stop sinning. <laughs> um, because 
that would be weird. I'd be like, hey, that's that was real dumb. That was stupid. You probably shouldn't do that. Like, that's not good for you. Yeah. That's bad. And um and I think that that's such an interesting it's so interesting that the church and we we've kind of talked about this before, the church has like words that we use that we don't ever use anywhere else other than outside this building or conversations with each other. Well, in all, in all kind of groups and um, tribes do this, right? It's yeah. a, the, the same thing. You know, if you go to a, a Red Sox game, they're going to sing Sweet Caroline, right? Like yeah. the, at different, different groups, different tribes have different language and jargon that they use, and it makes you more part of a tribe because oh, everybody knows what we mean when we say this. But I thought that was an interesting example because – it's almost like I know we're we're talking. You can only hear us. We don't have the whiteboard. We have a whiteboard. I think of the Venn diagram of like, okay, there are things that are maybe let's say negative, mm-hmm. or things that don't um, encourage flourishing, right? And are are not positive. And then there are things that are sin. And so then, like, what, do those things overlap? Are those the same things? Um, Now, you know, we've talked before, I think, Roman, about, although we grew up in slightly different time periods, that, you know, growing up, um, sometimes in religious communities, you'd have, when you're talking about sin, you start immediately thinking about, like, lists of activities. Getting drunk would would be on that list. I mean, even you know, imbibing in alcohol at all might be on that list or, or, um, you know, not just like going to Las Vegas, but maybe, uh, maybe like playing cards. Right. Right. Or not, not just, um, you know, not just, uh, um, not just, you know, uh, partaking in a seance or trying to communicate with the dead, right. but like reading Harry Potter yeah. or watching Harry Potter. Right. So like s- somehow in religious communities, you start to get this sin just starts to like grow. Like it has these tendrils that, that start to, you know, that start to branch out, mm-hmm. you know, so not just, um, you know, not just, uh, fornication, but, dancing right yeah or watching other people dance or i don't know thinking about dancing yeah. <laughs> you see what i mean like you you start to move away from whatever you know maybe there is some negative activity or there's something that might not be positive at the center mm-hmm. but then you start to radiate out in waves and all of a sudden within a community within a particular community how about this women wearing pants oh no <laughs> right because no no but i mean you you say that but their entire Christian communities oh, yeah. where the women don't wear are, are it would be sinful to yeah. use that word. They would look at it as sinful for a woman to come into a church, we, we, a church wearing pants or, or just to wear pants at any time. Yeah. Well, I, and, and I think that that stems from an idea of what, and, and obviously a misinformed or misunderstanding of what sin is. Well, it, it's misinformed from our perspective because I'm pointing out things that maybe we don't we don't look at as off limits. Like I say something like, "Okay, women can't wear pants," and we're like, "Ha ha ha, that's ridiculous." But there may be things within our tribe that we do the same thing. We we build up these guardrails around certain activities, yeah, and we say, "Okay, well, this is sin because it leads to this, because it could lead to this, because it could lead to this." So it only it's easier to talk about the things again. I'm, 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 a, I'm an example of right now. I'm talking about sort of these other tribes and groups that do that, but we all do that. Oh yeah. Like, uh, growing up at church camp, they said, and I hate, I hated the phrase that they used cause I think it made it even sound worse. They would use mixed bathing. Oh yeah. And, and that, that always made me uncomfortable because it, they were talking about going to the pool with boys and girls at the same time. Right. And like, that was a no, no, but they always use the word bathing. And I thought that was the weirdest thing. Of yeah. All yeah. Time. It, it, <laughs> I'm not taking a bath, man. That's weird, dude. Like I can't. And so that, that always threw me off, but like exactly like that. I yes. Mean, that's a per, that's a perfect example. Yeah. Uh, and mi- so, mixed bathing, mixed swimming even. Yeah. But that's that, that was the more, uh, that was the more forward uh, term. Oh yeah, mixed swimming. That mixed. that's what the liberals were using that term. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ultra progressive <laughs> swimming. Um, and so I mean that is such an interesting, I don't know, I guess concept for me because one, I mean we just talk about mixed swimming. 
because I don't want to use the word bathing. Um, just just for just for one second, and not not to like I'm not going to hone in on that or anything, but like clearly. I didn't think that was a big deal. I didn't grow up with my parents thinking it was a big deal. Um, I'm not sure if their parents thought it was a big deal or not. I haven't had that conversation with my grandfather, nor do I really intend to because at this point it doesn't matter. Tell me your thoughts on <laughs> mixed swimming. <laughs> he would he would be the one to say bathing though. Yeah. Um, but I think it's it's interesting how you can kind of see like a trend of whether you want to call it conservatism or progressivism or liberalism, whatever you want to call it. Right. I mean, some people are going to call it different things based off you want to based off how you want to look at it. Um, but I think it all boils down to is the, the way that sin or the way that culture has been, I don't know, invited into quote church society, because I think that for, when we've talked about this before, the idea that, um, I, I don't know, maybe not even, I mean, you could even talk about stuff has happened within this week, but you could go back 30, 40 years and it was the church and then there was society and they were completely separate and it was like, we do different things. And I don't even really want to acknowledge that you're doing any of those things over there because I'm a part of the church and that's just kind of how it is. Yeah. Yeah. So it was almost markers of distinctiveness. Yeah. Like, okay, no, that guy doesn't play cards. He's not coming to poker night yeah. because he's a Christian or she's a Christian, you know, so they're not, you know, are they going to crack a beer? No. Are they going to play cards? No. Are they going to gamble? No. Are they because, fun? No. Right. What? Right. You know, <laughs> do, are they going to use, are they going to use swear, swear words? <laughs> no. Are they going to mix to bathe? No. <laughs> well, it's okay. So the, by the way, the fun, just quick story. The first time I had ever really experienced something that I thought was super like, Whoa, I didn't know that was a thing still. Other than mixed bathing, um, I was on my way to Ukraine. And actually, at this point, we're already in Ukraine and we're on a train. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a 12-hour train ride. It was a really sketchy time. Um, and it's like myself, my dad, and one of the guys is going with us. And then there's some other random guy in our cart. And we go out and pull a deck of cards out because we got 12 hours on this train. And the other, like the random guy that we didn't know was like, you absolutely cannot play cards. And we looked at him like, oh, is it, do you want to play? He was like, uh, do not offend me by offering, by tempting me to gamble or play yeah. cards. Cause he yeah, just, yeah. he was like, it's, that's just like absolute, like, you know, a, you know, it's just, it's terrible. Like that's awful. Cannot believe you as you can't even, you even call yourselves Christians. Yeah. And it was just really like, I'm, you know, it's the summer before my freshman year of high school. I'm thinking like, Oh my gosh, what is happening? Um, and I, it was weird, man. It was a, that was a very interesting kind of eye opening experience because, at that point, Ukraine was like, imagine the United States in, you know, 2000 and that would have been like 2004, like, and yeah. then like take it back 50 years from there. Like, that's what it felt like in Ukraine. And so, right. Well, um, no, I mean, I remember growing up, you know, not 50 years ago, but I remember growing right. up and, and, you know, my parents or others being like, oh, don't, don't bring those cards. Like we'd have playing cards. Don't bring those to church. <laughs> or it was like a big deal. Like, well, don't bring the dominoes in the back. You know, right. you do that at people's houses, but not in the church. Right. Like, I'm, not, I'm not even talking about the sanctuary. I'm talking about like it's some sort of, yeah. you know, food or fellowship event. So here's the point. I mean, we could talk about some of these Oh yeah, just silly thing. And again, for people, for anybody who's listening, who's looking for a reason to sort of poke fun at religious culture, we're giving you plenty of reasons to do oh, that. Please do that, by the way. It's hilarious, right? But it's you know, it's sort of our identity, right? But I think what we're trying to do is be honest about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But let, let's talk maybe a little bit about what is going on there, right? You know, what is going on there is that, as you said, in in communities. In in um in communities more so years ago where you didn't have maybe the the amalgamation of culture and church nearly as much yeah. you know where people put on their Sunday best there's a reason why that phrase exists oh yeah to go to church and 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 if you didn't show up in a suit and a tie and then you were not dressed for church whereas uh, now people go into church by people. I mean me and yeah. you, yeah. 
You would have a hat on, I think, if you could. Yeah, I you normally have a hat on now. Cl- you I do podcast a class. Yeah, right. Yeah, so do. you teach a class with a with a sign of authority over your head. <laughs> but um, no, but you know now people tend to go to church, and I know I'm being you know I'm I'm mostly talking about white uh, you know conservative evangelical churches, even even within conservative churches dress has become much more casual. Yeah. So what's interesting is that some of these some of these um, some of this distinctiveness is sort of going away. Yeah. In a way. And but that brings us I think back around to this concept of sin because you know, I guess both of us were sort of formed this way growing up. I mean, look, we weren't going to go out and murder anybody. Right. Right? We weren't you know, we, we were going to stay, we weren't going to go out and steal yeah. for the most part. Not that it might have never happened or something, but it's just like these weren't temptations yeah. to us. Yeah. So instead it's like, no, 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 but here's a list of things like PG 13 movies or mm-hmm. Harry Potter or, or, or playing cards or this or that thing that you're, that your friends who don't go to church like you do are go, doing. Yeah. And, and so what, you know, okay, we want you to live distinctly and differently for them. So what are we going to do? We're going to label all these other things as sinful. Mm-hmm. So that, that's a thing. Yeah. Okay. For sure. that, that's a thing. But I think if we, if we come all the way back to like, well, what, what is sin? I think that for, well, in, instead of me saying this, what, how would you, how would you describe sort of for for a Christian, you know, understanding sort of all those ridiculous examples we've given, for a Christian, what what does it mean to sin? What, what, how, how, how do you think right. of it? Well, I think James does a good job of kind of saying it um, because, I mean, I don't James is pretty good at just saying it. Um, not just about sin, but just everything in general. Um, 417, um, you know, for anyone who sees the good that they ought to do and then do not do it, you know, for them it is sin. And, um, I always use an analogy that like darkness is like the absence of light or the absence of light. And so for that particular idea of what sin can be is that, um, you know, it's not just a, don't do the bad things. It's, you also need to be doing the good things. Yeah. Um, now that also doesn't mean like, you know, every homeless man you see, you have to give him a dollar. Like that doesn't, that's not, that's not necessarily how that, how that works. Well, there's, so there's two, there would be two sides. The way you're conceiving of it is if we use James formulation there, there would be two sides of sin. One side of, in in the way that this was taught to us, right. Is the, the sins of omission and the sins of commission. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. So this would be on the lot. This would be on the side of the sins of omission. Mm -hmm. So it would be, you know, to him who knows the good that he should do, who doesn't do it, that sin. So there's part of sin that would be all right. You based on your your morals, your value system, informed by scripture, informed by experience, informed by parents, family, church, whatever. If you know that you should do something and you don't do it, then that's that's sin. But the other side of sin would be would be the commission things, right? Would mm-hmm. be like okay, these are things that as a follower of Jesus um, that you know, you, you stay away from why, because we're told to stay away from them or what, what, what is the reason? I mean, we have, I mean, there would be, I mean, one, there's repercussions. You would, I mean, you'd miss out on heaven or you would go to hell or we're told in the Bible, like a list of different things, um, that like in Romans and in Genesis. So that's just where it, it sort of goes to immediately is it's like, oh, well, the reason not to do this is because you go to hell if you do. Um, I mean, I think that's part of it, yeah. And the theology also is that everybody sins. Correct. So in other words, everybody's going to hell. No. No, no, but I mean, as a starting point. I, well, I don't know. That seems a little far. Well, that's Romans, right? No. Romans I mean, all, same- of, all of sinned. I'm just saying as a starting point. For for th- as a theological backdrop here, as a starting point, if everybody sins, everybody all have sins sinned and, and fall short, short of the glory of God. Right, it's our three Romans three twenty three, right? Right. So, like, sin. To, sin. I I I want to make sure that we make it clear that sin does not equate 
hell. Well, I thought that's what you said. So that's why I was. No, no, no. What I was saying is that there are things that if you continue in and you live in. Okay. That are like a part of who you are. Okay. That would equate hell. So there's sins that we might commit, but then there are sins that we might like continue to commit. Or right, yeah. I mean, that, I think that's a part of of the James thing, right? Like, you you know what you're supposed to do, if you don't do it, like you know that you should abstain from those things. Yeah. But if you're not abstaining from it, yeah. Then, or you know what you should do, and maybe if you don't do it, that's maybe okay. But if you continue to not do it, that's not okay. Well, right, because I think that, I mean, if you were to ask, the, I mean, what's the is like. Inherent man inherently good or evil? Yeah, there were. That's where we're heading, man. Right. No, that's, absolutely. That's exactly where we're heading. Right. That's exactly where we're heading. So, um, you know, oftentimes we we it takes us like like twenty or thirty minutes to get back to Genesis chapter one. So <laughs> <laughs> we should just start at Genesis. We 1 probably should every every uh, every <laughs> podcast. Right. But um, you know, I, I do think it's it's interesting that under certain evangelical models. Um, most certainly you absolutely start with what you just said, which is, or or Romans 3.23 or Genesis 3. You start with the fall. You start with, we are sinful. We just are. We're humans. Yeah, we're sinful. We make mistakes. Sure. We're sinful. And because of that, we are destined for eternal conscious torment. We're destined for hell. Okay. But for the intervention through God's plan and divine providence of Jesus through substitutionary penal atonement to take away our sins. And then once that happens, then we're still potentially subject, depending on your theological construct, we're still potentially subject to sin and maybe falling away or sinning by omitting or committing in such a way that we could still go to hell, but at least we're in better shape because we're not going to hell as a certainty. Is that? Yes, but you said, I feel like you sound like, <laughs> I feel like you sound, and, no, and like, no, I, but I, I agree with everything you just said. I know you do. I'm trying to say it in such a way that you have no choice, but to agree with it because I know your theological framework. Well, but I'm because I was raised into it. Brother, it, it's, it sounds like you're trying to make it sound like that's awful. Well, I don't know. Kind of sounds awful to me um, to but, start that this, as the why? starting point. Yeah, let's get let's go there. Well, sure. for one, it's not biblical why? because Ooh, that's a big that's a bold statement. I want to want to. That's a bold statement because the Bible doesn't start at Genesis chapter three. I don't. OK, it starts cool. at Genesis chapter one. Right. Like before God says anything else about us, he says that we're good. Okay. And before there's another word spoken about about us, we are told that we're minted in the image of the divine. Okay. All right. So that concept of people. Are you trying to say you're perfect, Brad? I'm trying to say that in, like I said, in evangel in evangelical efforts, we almost never almost never start with the place of guess what you are a good creation you are created in the image of god right you are you are you are good i don't disagree with that yeah we we don't do that we don't start there oh sure i would say a lot of people don't start there i would say almost no um almost no evangelical techniques start there okay if you want to call them techniques that's just fair no that's fair of, i can see what you're saying i mean it's, it's a good they, way to put they it. usually start if if not right with romans 323 they start with hey roman tonight if you were to die would you know without any doubt <laughs> yeah. that you would go to heaven that's really funny. so yeah. you start at hell and then you work your way backwards to sin. I love the billboards that just have like hell on them. It just says hell with a question mark. And yeah. Like that's supposed to get some sort of conversation going. I mean, it does. And it, and it, it like, and I, I'm hoping that the idea is to create a conversation and not like scare people. Well, but, look, mm. just so we can get through more material with sin. Sure. Um, we are going to go to hell. 
but it's not going to be in this podcast. Okay, we are going to. Oh. <laughs> Not where I thought that was going. That was really good. We are going. We are going to focus in on on hell for sure. Oh yeah. All right. But yeah. we can't. We have to sort of. I think set it aside. Put a little, a few little teasers out there. But I think here's the difference. So there is this. There's this word in the Old Testament. Um, it's a Hebrew word, so it doesn't show up this way. Oh darn. And, and the word is teshuva. Yeah. Okay. The word teshuva. And one, uh, I, I guess the, the way that teshuva in Hebrew is translated, it's this concept of turning or returning to a path. Okay. So, um, so it's like to turn or even more so to return. And the idea is that you, Roman, were created, you know, beautifully wonderfully made as as david would say right right fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of god mm-hmm. and nevertheless there are times in your life and i'm not trying to be hard on you you're just the only person i can see right now it's all right it's okay there, but yet there are times in your life and there have been times in your life where as you walk down life's path mm-hmm. you realized that you made a decision that there was maybe there was opportunity for you to do something to help someone and you didn't or maybe you did something let's stay on the commission side okay maybe you did something and you woke up the next morning and you were like oh that was a huge mistake has that ever happened yeah it has happened to me absolutely absolutely right so teshuva is that waking up and it's that that realization that like oh man, I really screwed things up. I can never do that again. I've got to like turn back to the right path. I got to get back on the right path mm-hmm. and I got to now move forward. Right. Having learned, having learned the lesson of, oh, that was not the right thing to do or the thing to say or the way I reacted, whatever the situation. Right. Right. So, that that Hebrew concept of teshuva is to to return to that path, and the idea is that in life when we do these things, I, I know I didn't define sin, but when we when we miss the mark, when we screw up, when we fail, when we when we don't, you know, when, when we don't uh, live true to ourselves and our morals and our beliefs and our standards, when, when we do that, that we recognize it, we see it, we turn back. And that word, what's interesting is that word, I like, I like the word teshuva, right. um, but cause it sounds cool, but that word gets translated repent. Okay. It's the word repent, which, you know, if, if it's you're one of the go- five steps of salvation, it's it, it is it's it's on it's it's one of the yeah five fingers I think right yeah sorry I didn't mean to I didn't mean to get you no 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 so it, but here's what's interesting is that so the the same word in the Greek in the New Testament is metanoia mm-hmm. which is more having to do with like change your mind mm-hmm. it's like more more of a thinking thing but the the Hebrew concept of teshuva it's more like an action thing like oh I'm actually going to change the way I'm not going to do that again it's like I'm going to change direction yeah. it's not I mean they're interrelated because like you got to have a change in the mind in your heart too right so when you hear Jesus in the New Testament saying repent repent teshuva metanoia what he's getting at is is hey come back come back to the path. You've wandered off the path. The, the ways in which you've wandered off the path, turn back. Turn back to where, what, what, what did I say? What does God say about us first before anything else is said? Back to the image of God. Back to what you were originally intended to be. Right, yeah, what we were created to be. Absolutely, what, we're, what we were created as. Well, how did we change? Well, that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. I don't think I don't. So that that's I think what you're talking about, you know, how did we change? It is back to this theological framework that in Genesis three, there's like this 
ontological fall. Oh, the fall of humanity. And we, we went from being good to everything being evil. And we're now sinful. And now that's our primary identity. And like I said, that's where I think, and it's because of that theology, that's why those evangelical efforts usually start there. Right. And so I don't, I guess my, my only, I say my only, my, the issue or the issue sounds like I hate what you said and that's no, not no, no. true. Just what, what um, is your discomfort is, with it? Yeah, sure. That sounds way better. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> is like, I, I don't think someone who is sinful is bad. Um, I think their actions are bad. So there's a difference between what God created me as and what I do. I mean, because that's, if that was, if it, if those were one in the same free will wouldn't make any sense because I would just be what God created me as. Right. Um, so I think we have to make a difference between, yes, I, I am created. I mean, God creates perfect things because he, well, he actually didn't say perfect. He said, well, I know, I know good. Like, he said good. Yeah, good. Right. Okay. So then that leaves room for a flaw then. I, I think so. I mean, I, I think that God knew that we weren't, I mean, what did, did Adam in the garden of even Eden, was he like running a, you know, four second, 40 yard dash? I mean, I don't know. Was he, was he perfect in every way? Right. I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, God said it was good. It was good. It was good. And when he finished, he said it was very good. Yeah. It's very good. Um, I hear what you're saying that, so maybe there's a distinction here. Um, and, and I think there's, that makes sense that just because somebody, how about this, because somebody made a decision, mm -hmm. like that doesn't necessarily define, made a bad decision. Right. That doesn't necessarily define them for all time, or at least if it's you, sure, you don't want that to define you. Now, if it's somebody who hurt you, right. that, that may define them. It's a little bit easier to categorize people if it ain't you. Yeah, absolutely. But if it's you, you don't want a mistake that you made. Say you mm -hmm. screwed up. You don't want that to now be your identity. Right. So I think if we treat other people that way, that, that, that is a good thing. Mm -hmm. do, do you ever, um, have you ever had the experience where you go to church and you listen to a sermon and you walk out of the sermon essentially feeling worse than you did when you walked in because sort of that concept that you're talking about where the purpose of the sermon seems to be to identify ways that you were sinning or missing the mark that maybe you weren't thinking about when you walked in that morning. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I, um, I mean, grew up with a minister dad and sometimes those sermons were on purpose for me. <laughs> um, right. They were preaching at you. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's, I mean, I know that that's not, that's not your typical situation, but yeah, absolutely. I've, I've, I've left Sunday morning services. I mean, it honestly kind of feel like garbage. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I will caveat that by saying, and I'm a firm believer in this and there are people that disagree with me yeah, yeah. and I'm it's really okay. okay with this, with people disagreeing with me because they have some valid points. Yeah. Um, but I firmly believe that you only feel guilty if you have something to feel guilty about. Uh, mm, well, but you felt guilty about those cards and wouldn't we agree now that that wasn't, Oh no, I didn't feel guilty about the cards. I thought that was dumb. <laughs> like, but you felt bad. I didn't. Well, it's because I didn't want to offend that guy. Right. But if what if he caught you doing that? I mean, you've you've had times in your life though where you did things that you thought weren't sinful, mm -hmm. but somebody else did. That doesn't necessarily mean you feel zero guilt, right? I mean, I don't know. I, I'm I'm not trying to push you into this, but no, I good. I think that. You know, there are ways in which you can you can be raised to think certain things. Sure. And to think certain things are wrong. And you can sort of have some intrinsic sort of latent guilt and shame right. associated with them when they're not necessarily wrong. What if you are, um, what if you're a woman, neither of us are women, but mm -hmm. what if you're a woman and because of 
sort of a, a, a purity culture construct that you were raised into, maybe got, you know, a promise ring, maybe there was a, you know, a ceremony with your dad, and maybe you were taught that, you know, sexuality was dangerous. Sure. Yeah. And you, you know, you were teetering on the edge of essentially ruining yourself for marriage. I use that in air right. quotes and that, that puts you in a mental state to where by the time you actually did either get married or the time you did have sex with somebody, you felt so much shame and guilt connected with your body, right. not just girl. It could be a guy too. I'm just thinking about, you know, uh, most of the heat around sure. this in, oh, for, yeah, in yeah. churches is focused on, right. It's always the women's fault, right? Yes. Um, and because of that, you could feel shame and guilt for something that, you know, obviously it's part of the creation, right? This oh, is what God, yeah. this is like God's like first commandment. Right. Oh, and be I fruitful, multiply. Sure. Well, one of the reasons one, I say that I say you only feel guilty if you, if you feel, if you have something you feel, need to feel guilty about. Right. And that is, for a lot of people, very personal. Like that's a, what I believe is wrong. Yeah. Right. And so that doesn't mean that like the guy with the whole cards thing, I didn't feel guilty about playing cards or having cards out. I felt, yeah. I felt a little bad, not really a whole lot bad, but cause I mean, I'm a, I'm a teenager who thinks they're always right at that point. Right. Right. But like, I don't have a desire to offend someone like that. And so right. for, the, for, for a woman in that instance, like I feel bad because she's been taught wrong her whole life. Right. And so for her, she feels guilty because she's been taught that her whole life. Yes. So then for me, that makes me hurt because that means that as a, as a church, and I'll just say as a, a body of believers, we failed someone. Right. No, you're exactly right. Right. So, but I do think there's, you know, back to this, Omission, sins of omission with James. You know, there's also a way in which a sermon, maybe the reason why you feel bad is not so much, you know, what what you did that you that has now been sort of clarified for you as being sinful, but the sermon sort of boiled down to you could be reading the scripture more. You could be oh, yeah. praying more. You could be studying more. You could be, to your point, the homeless person, you could be giving more. Mm-hmm. You could be helping people more. You could be, you could be, could be. You oh, yeah, to, you could always to, you be should, doing should, more. Should. Absolutely, Always yeah. be doing more. So you leave feeling guilt and shame and feeling that, you know, James passage, sins of omission, feeling worse than when, when you came in. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, feels like sin or it's, it's characterized yeah. as sin. So I guess for me, sermons like that are, and I guess I'm not never saying that there's, you know, not, not an opportunity for, you know, people to have to change their minds or, or recognize things within a sermon or even be convicted about a sermon. But I think sermons that are targeted that way, um, and have that impact on people. Um, I just don't know how helpful, how helpful they really are. There's no end to those sermons, right? Like even if you're a monk, right. Um, and, and that's all you do for yeah. a living. Or even if you're like you, you know, if somebody in full-time ministry, you know, you could leave a sermon like that thinking, gosh, man, I really do need to, yeah. I need to buckle down. You know, I'm, I'm only read, you know, oh, I have, been, you know, I'm, 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 I'm only reading a, you know, a, <laughs> 10 chapters a day. I need to go to 25 or, <laughs> right. you know, I, I need, you know, I, I turned it on. I've been listening to secular music in the afternoon oh, when I'm cutting that. the yard. I need to switch back to K love <laughs> Christian podcasts only. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I can only listen to Joel Osteen sermons. Yeah. No, never mind. No. I can't do that. <laughs> We're well, they're suggested, <laughs> but he's suggested as he a, is suggested. If you like this podcast, you'll also like. Also, I also get the Rob Bell podcast from time to time as oh, a really? suggested and, one with us. Interesting. Okay. And then I get well, Stephen Furtick. Well, like, well, there's yeah. there's more preachers and sneakers. Yes. Well, you know, there we go. I'm well, a part of that group. Well, Bell, I got to give credit for Bell for the Teshuva thing because, like, four or five years ago, that's where you know yeah. he does a a great riff on Teshuva. But I think you know with with sin, there's sort of you know I'm one end of the spectrum there's this focus on it. And you, you said this earlier, you were just kind of joking. You're like, well, I can talk about it because I sin all the time. There is this sort of Pauline view of sin that it's like, well, we're Christians. Well, we're sinners. We're the worst of sinners where, and it's just like, and I know you, 
And like you took my son to dinner last night. Yeah. Right. And I think you might even pay for him. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I did. That's a fine. That's that was you, kind of the point. Went to so Ikea. Yeah. And, and he had a great time with you. Right. Yeah. And so, so. he, um, yeah. And, and so you're, you're, but you're that kind of guy. Like you do, you, you do things like that for people, right? You're a great guy. Do I think you're perfect? No, no I don't. Right. But you're good. Sure. Right. And so I guess this is my point is that like when you say, oh man, you know, I'm sinful, I'm sinful. I think sometimes there's a part of that baggage. That's like this Christian baggage that we feel like we need to wear. Yeah. Um, I, I have no expectation that you're perfect. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that you're not good. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so I think sometimes maybe we as Christians, we, it's almost like we're talking out of both sides of our mouth. It's like, well, well, we recognize that we're sinful and, and, and we're so sinful, but yeah, but these other people, they're also, they're also sinful and they're even more sinful and in worse ways. Oh, but we're right. We're covered by the blood of Christ or we're, you know, we're taken care of, but they're not, but we're still sin. Like, I think we are so schizophrenic about sin. Like, I'm not sure that we, um, there's ways that we talk about it, but I'm not sure the way that it actually works in our lives is working for us. And I know for sure it's not working for other people that we're trying to influence for good. Yeah. I think that a lot of the times people use, and maybe this is just personal experience, I guess. Like I, I mean, I can, I can admit and I mean, do believe that I am sinful. Do I think I sin all the time? No. Do I think that I'm a bad person? No, I don't. Um, do I think I'd be better? Sure. Right. Um, but what I think that a lot of people do in the church is we use the, oh, we're all sinners. We all fall short as like a cop out to be able to call other people out. And maybe that sounds pretty harsh, but it's like, yeah. oh, I'm a sinner. Um, and kind of like you were saying, it makes me feel a little bit better to be able to say that somebody else is. But like, I think we also may use it as like an acceptance ploy. Like, hey, you know, you know, yeah, you mess up and you're not perfect, but we're not either. So come hang out with us imperfect people. Right. And we say that maybe initially, but then yeah. maybe you actually sort of dive into uh, like a Bible class yeah. and you find out go back to the sermon that I talked about that it's really all about, Hey, are you reading your Bible more? Are you praying more? Are you studying more? Are you doing enough? Are you doing enough? Are you doing enough? So it's, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time that an institution sort of had fought. I want to say institution. Like, um, I was talking to somebody today. I was talking to an accountant today and he was Mm -hmm. telling me about how staples staples. Yeah. Um, they have like the lowest price paper. Like if you want cheap paper, you go to Staples. Sweet. And so they get to every business in the area and to whoever's in charge of ordering paper and stuff like that. And they get to them and they give them gift cards and they give them all this stuff and they try to get them in for the paper. But guess what? Their paper is cheap, but their profit margins on just about anything else you buy from Staples is through the roof. Right. So they use the paper to get you in the door. Yep. And then the reason why they want to get in with all of the administrative assistants and the people who are in charge of purchasing is because if they buy the paper there, then the easy button, remember that's the staple. Mm-hmm. The easy button is, well, let's also buy staplers or staples or this yeah. or that or chairs, whatever, when you could get it much cheaper from Amazon or yeah. Office Max or wherever else. So I think it's not surprising that maybe the church in some instances would say things like that, like, oh, you know, come here. We're all sinners. Come as you are. We're all like that. But then when you get into it, you find out internally there is this system. Maybe it's not like a published point system, but there is this system. um, And maybe it's not measured anymore by whether you don't play cards or don't drink or don't mix bathe or don't this or that or the other, right? Maybe there's a whole new set of things but nevertheless, is there sort of this like internal ranking system where it looks like the whole goal is to who is sort of optically removed sin yeah. or these markers of sin for their life and then who optically has not? Well, it's like we've turned the church building into like a self-improvement center. And like... Yes. But it's yes. it's like... 
a part of me is like, yeah, sure. I mean, that, that is a part of what I think being able to get together and be vulnerable and say, hey, this is what I'm struggling with. I think that's a part of why we get together. But what if it could be more of like an honesty oh, center? Yeah, exactly. And that's and like that's a what, transparency center. Right, which is where I was going was that like, yes, we need to be able to be open and honest. We should be able to do that with each other all the time. But like, this is convenient. It's in a central location. It makes sense, right? But but I think that we, the church focuses too much on the self improvement session, right? And 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 we don't focus enough, focus enough on the, you know, encouragement. Hey, you're doing great. You know, like for instance, we did a fireside chat the other night, and I gave the talk, and I can honestly say that was the first time I had ever given a talk. Where like all I did was say, good job, you're doing awesome. And it felt weird. Yes. And and like yes. and the it was weird to see some of the old people look at me while I was giving that talk. They were like, All right, but when's he gonna say Where where's the little jab yeah, in the side? Exactly. Where's the where's the little where where's the right. um, what's the right word? Where, where's the nudge? Right. And so like I'm not saying by any means that I think that I want to completely remove that little nudge or whatever from what happens here because I think sometimes, some sometimes I want to make that very clear. Sometimes getting your sto- your toes stepped on gets you moving, but, but here, not ninety percent, which is where well, we're at. Th- and back to my my concept of teshuva, those moments, those moments where let me just talk about me since I'm talking at you. For sure. me, those moments in my life where I have done something or said something or treated somebody some way or, or whatever, where maybe even not in that moment, but let's say like the next morning or the next day I woke up and I was like, Oh crap, that was a huge mistake. That's not consistent with who I want to be. That was, how did I, how did that happen? Guess what? I didn't have to go to church. Right. I didn't have to go to church right. to know that. Yeah, I knew that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 I learned. Now I could have just. I, I think sometimes people say like, "Well, I'm off the rails." Sometimes, so that's what concerns me. Is I think if the church is just this glorified sort of self help yeah. center, then when you do make a mistake like that, when you quote unquote sin, then all of a sudden it's like. Well, I've just, I've just totally screwed up. Well, I mean, well, I'm just going to, I'm just going to keep heading in that direct. You don't teshuva, you don't return to the right. path or you're, you're maybe you're less likely to. And I wonder if it's almost like we've set the church up in such a way that people are more likely to take an exit ramp yeah. than to instead make a U-turn and, and come back. Well, I think we... I mean, statistically, that's exactly what we've done. I mean, the church is declining significantly, statistically. I mean, when a high schooler graduates, and this is in your stereotypical conservative evangelical church, when a high schooler graduates, we only retain 30% of those students now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why are we not concerned? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's. I think it's almost... Uh, just assumed that that's going to be continue to be the case. And there's almost nothing you can do. And that, that number is going to continue to drop. Yeah. But I guess that's sort of what I'm, I'm talking about here is when we use these concepts, um, I mean, the guy, when you go to a baseball, you know, back when we had sporting events and we're starting to have sporting events again, oh, yes. but when, when you go and there's a guy with a bullhorn mm-hmm. and it, Speaking of repent, it doesn't say teshuva, but you know, repent, and it's got the list of sins. Yeah. Um, the way that that hits the people walking by in line, I mean, nobody's n- n- nobody's deciding. You know, oh, okay, well, that's going to keep me in that thirty percent who stay <laughs> right, who st- who stay at church, right? That that's not really working. But so I've. I guess said a lot of stuff about, you know, sort of negative about or, or, or negative ways we could take sin or use it within the church. But I do want to say um, that, and this is, I'm sort of taking my own medicine here. I do think there is a very important role for the concept of sin in the sense that 
there are just look at society. Yeah. Look at society. You can see where people make and and you you can see where people make decisions that are terrible for their lives, for the lives of others that are selfish, mm-hmm. um, where pe- people commit violence, violent acts against other people. Yeah. Um, you know, killing, rape, abuse, uh, just all sorts of things. There's got to be a name for that stuff, right? When, when you choose yourself over somebody else and you and you hurt them, somebody abuses a child, we, we have to call that out as wrong, right? Like yeah. there's a, th- we have to have language for that. Right. So I'm not suggesting that those, uh, that those things don't exist. Sure. Well, absolutely. And, and so as, as we wrap up, I think that what we're going to start maybe potentially moving into next week is the idea of things of that nature and maybe the consequences that come from that. Yeah, I mean, I know we've gotten through a, like a whole podcast episode without even necessarily really uh, crystallizing, well, what is sin? But I do think it's important that we talk about how does that, how does our capacity to re- our capacity as humans mm-hmm. to do really awful things to each other, to ourselves. Yeah. How does that align with what you were saying before? How does that align with our divine image? Yeah. And in our goodness, and and do, does our capacity to do those things mean that we're inherently evil or sinful? Right. Or d- does it somehow lay on top of, or or, or how does that interact with our? Genesis one identity in God. Yeah, absolutely. So um, next week we're going to get into a little bit more sin, maybe a little bit more of the consequences of that sin. Um, so this is, I mean, kind of a part two, but also kind of just maybe going for like, this is just like a long discussion. Let's, I feel like we can't pretend like sin is something that just uh, 45 minutes and we're wrapping it up. You know, I mean, it's, there I think are, I did like a 12 week class on yeah. oh, sin at one time. I mean, sin is huge, right? It's massive. Um, and it was a terrible class. I would <laughs> I can I can imagine. Um but um thank you guys so much uh for being with us this week. Uh really really appreciate you guys listening and giving feedback. We genuinely love all of it. Um and and hope that you can be with us next week. Um so have a great day.